uh, how drastically each within a number. So like uh, you'll find out there's three different types. There's self-preservation, there's sexual, and there's social. And these subtypes, it's like a, a social five is very different than a sexual five or a self-preservation. And it's all the numbers. So three times nine, 27, that's where that 27 came from. Um, so to get, let's first, before we get into all the 27, which will be the next video, we're going to try to get our heads around what these three centers are. And so Annie, help us understand what is the difference between self-pres, is the shortcut, self-preservation, <laughs> sexual, and social. Yeah, so I love talking about these, and I think that for some people, especially people like who don't feel like they fit the stereotype of their type. Like, I know actually a number of pretty quiet sevens, or like they don't bounce around as much as, you know, the stereotype would, or very active nines who don't openly look slothful. Um, like, I'm a more sunny four, which is one of the subtypes of the four that looks kind of different to the melancholic fourness that we grow used to in the stereotyping of the types. And so with these instinctual variants, we're able to draw a distinction between motivation, what you do and why you do it, and where and how that motivation expresses itself in the world. And that where and how is what we're talking about when we're talking about the instinctual variants. So the three are the self-preservation instinct, the sexual instinct, sometimes called one-to-one. -one. They are the three different arenas, which we'll describe in a moment, where these different motivations get worked out. So we have two self-preservation subtypes here. Making sure we get, we're good on our water. water and comfort. <laughs> it's linked to our actual self-preserving instinct that we have to keep ourselves alive through eating, sheltering ourselves, staying warm, comfort, secu material security. Um, so yeah, self-preservation subtypes are the people who take whatever their type energy is and move into or pay attention to without even thinking about it. Pay attention to their material security, to their comfort, maybe to their body temperature, to what they're eating, to their health. Just that it's like the grounded material experience of the world. Um, and and self-preservation subtypes have that in common, even if they have different type way of doing that. So like Mike and I have a lot of similar concerns when we walk into a room which have to do with comfort. We have laughed at length about how often we think about food and drink. <laughs> in the, like, we might finish a meal and they're like, what will be the next meal? Right? Like, um, and, and it's just this sense of like, without meaning to, it's this sense that if this goes away, if I, if I don't know that I can feel comfort or secure in my physical existence, then I don't know what will happen and I don't feel good about it. Um, so I'm a self-pres 9, and my wife's a self-pres 6, and that means like the way we evaluate social options is heavily weighted towards material comfort. So if we get invited over to a friend's house, a 
friend's house especially that we know has adequate comfy seating for the number of people who will be there and we're told that they're preparing a cheese board the chances of us accepting that invitation is incredibly high whereas when we get opportunities to go see really well-known famous bands with you know backstage access and uh, guaranteed access to the front of the venue standing on the floor and the show starts at 9.30 p.m. Instead of like an opportunity to see great music, what we hear is stand for a long time after bedtime with our ears assaulted by overly loud music. And we're much less likely to accept those kind of invitations. And that's like how powerful the instinctual variant influences behavior and how you process options. And obviously like what you're gonna do on a Friday night is kind of a, maybe a trite example, but when we're talking about spiritual formation and deconstruction, like your self-preservation nature absolutely plays a role, not only in, in how you might exit a faith community, but what you might look for in the future. I think the other thing about sort of the theory of instincts that, that we can describe here in the self-pres arena is that it's also an intuitive area. So if you think about like, if, if you're thinking about food all the time, or comfort, or warmth, or security, or yeah, like that sense of like family and side by side, all of that, if you're thinking about it and you're fixated on it, you're also gonna be pretty attuned to it in a way that makes you good at creating those kinds of spaces, right? Anyone can put out food and be like, okay, it's functional, like we're gonna feed people, whatever, but I don't even like the word feed as a self-preservation. It's like there's not enough kind of enjoyment. There's not enough focus on the food. Like we just got to make sure we feed people. When people when people make statements like that, well, how, how are we going to feed people? I'm like, that's not what we're doing when we sit down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's too functional of a term. Um, there's really um, a lot more, for me, it's like nourishment. And there's a lot more meaning and... Um, importance and of course I'm putting my meaning again my foreness into this but I'm like oh food is important and it nourishes us and it's how you know it's like a shared space and we get to look at each other and like enjoy lunch together and that's not how everyone sees it lunch is often for some people like a thing to get through or a thing to forget they don't even remember to eat lunch and I can't tell you the last time I missed a meal and this I, I, we don't want to make generalizations and rules, but I would say that most self-preservations are not going to miss meals. Uh, so it's interesting to me because I'm not, I'm not a primary self-preservation person, but there are elements of it. Like I'm a food person. I can, I can skip meals if I need to, and, and sometimes I get so busy and I don't have time to eat or whatever. But if I'm going to a city, my first thought is where am I going to eat? So how does that interplay with because you can we all have these types um what's the difference of somebody that it's like primary and secondary or tertiary <laughs> yeah i love that tertiary. word it's a great word um yeah so the difference i mean again it's one of those things where it's like drawing hard lines who knows how helpful it is but i think once you get a sense like oh yeah that's what i mostly pay attention to all the time then that's how you know, like, oh, I'm not a self-pres subtype, I'm a social subtype or whatever. But that doesn't mean, like for me, as self-pres, it's not like 
I don't care about one-on-one -on -one relationships or intimacy because I'm a self-pres. However, often my like one-on-one -on -one or like intimate relationships, I want to filter through my self-pres lens. So I can imagine nothing better than like cooking a meal with a friend or someone that I want to spend time with. It's like a combination and it's how intimacy is sort of filtered through my self-pres lens. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to say. Like if you're listening to this, you're like, I like food. It's like, okay, well, you can start there, but it, that's probably not the, that's probably not self-prez. I mean, there might be other things. You have, sometimes you have to carry it through your life and just see like, what am I attuned to in every situation? Yeah. And so we'll get to the other ones so people can start to get a, a sense of what the other ones might be. But when I heard self-prez and when I sat in a group of all self-prez people, it was just this like warm, inviting, like side by side, like, whoa, we're a family, sort of like, we were all convened in a kitchen somewhere, like having this warm experience. So what about the other two? What about sexual? Should mm -hmm. we go to sexual first? Let's go or? sexual first. Right. So sexual, yeah, let's first just say this isn't just sex. It's about intimacy and connection um, and like eye contact. It's the, it's the capacity we have to like hone in and like lock in and connect. So one-to-one, -one, sexual subtype people are usually like fairly high energy in terms of like they're vibrating at like a higher frequency because it's like just a more intense energy now that's combining with the type so if you have a more like quiet person it might just be a quiet intensity you don't have to think like a really loud intense person um yeah so these are the people who are really attuned to one maybe one special person in their life or in whatever situation they're in, they often go and find that person to connect with in a group. So, whereas when I walk into a party or a home, I'm thinking about like how I'm gonna comfortably situate myself. One-to-ones um, -one might get like right into it. They like see your eyes and they lock in and you're like standing there and you could be standing for a long time as long as you're like connecting. <laughs> And, and I'll tell you, like, I can, I, I like, it's not that I don't like eye contact, I've, I, but I realized recently that I, it's something I've had to really practice with people, especially the people in my life who just love it. Like my mom, for instance. It's like driving in the car with her is fairly frightening because she actually wants to maintain eye contact as she drives. And not all one-to-ones are this way, but it's like, if we want to give examples of like, kind of intense experiences of this, like... So how was your day? <laughs> no, <laughs> a good day? Yeah? You feeling good? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, could, I have people in my, my head just you doing that, I'm like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's people like, that they don't want to lose that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it just feels, I mean, I used this word earlier, but it just feels like juicy. That's like the juice of life. Whereas I'm like, the juice of life is the number of different ways that I can cook this egg, <laughs> like, and eat it on my breakfast. Um, and it's not that the juice of life doesn't come in the eye contact, but I don't go look for it and crave it all the time. Um, and some people, if they don't have it, and it's not just one-on-one -on -one person, sometimes it could be an activity, like they, they wanna connect so deeply or like unify themselves like with a person, or it could even be food that day, right? It, like it, it could be like, I am gonna intensely connect with this process of making this meal or this work that I'm going to do, or the audience. There's a real kind of charisma element to this type too. So a lot of times 
um, we see that one-to-one -one types love to perform and like seduce an audience. Um, seduction is a word that we often use with one-to-ones. And again, it's, it's a sexual term that we can kind of desexualize and say, what is seduction? I mean, it's just like pulling something in, right? And so the, the sexual too, which we'll talk about more in depth, but they talk about seduction and aggression, but it's more like emotional and like connection focused. It's not like necessarily physical, could be, um, but it's more about like, how do I get the mo how do I get most intimate with this experience? Which your foodiness that might be the, yeah. more one to one sexual than self preservation. That might be the case. I, I was just in Japan and I got up at 2.30 a.m. to get some sushi on the docks that they, you have to get in line. It starts at 5 a.m. What? <laughs> so sitting out in the cold in the winter in Tokyo in the dark in an alley on the fish docks, but for that experience. Yeah, that's one one. That's not something. <laughs> <laughs> not that it wouldn't, but it, not that I couldn't, but it's just like, oh no, no. I want to sleep and then eat well. Yeah. Wow. I'll take the next best sushi available <laughs> when I get out of bed and comfortably get ready. Uh, yeah. in There's a just a real months. intensity to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unless your food, your food thing is always oh, about intensity. It's a sexual food thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, like a one to one, like it's yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. You 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 treat a an exceptional meal mm -hmm. the same way you treat making a record with the same intensity, the mm -hmm. same focus. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's also about, like, yeah, experience is a bit, like, vivid and, and visceral experiences, right? The sexual subtype. It's not, it's not just a personal thing. It's about how you engage with experiences. So, yeah, yeah. I guess that's my, I guess that's my secondary. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, honing in, fixating on the one thing. Or yeah. the, the, the person, the experience the crowd whatever suppose it is. you don't like to listen to music in the background only like to listen to music if it's loud and the sole focus of attention oh, yeah that's me <laughs> i hate background music so yeah. much interesting like going to a bar after a show and like oh, let's go they got a cool band playing we go to a bar i'm like god we're, are we going to listen to the band or like we're going to be like so what do you think oh man yeah, yeah. you don't want to divide attention no Actually, one-to-ones tend to have a really hard time with split attention. So, like, self-pres, it can be, a, it's a little bit more, like, fluid. But one-to-ones, I, I think this will be a helpful story. Hopefully my mom doesn't care that I tell it. But my mom is, as a one-to-one, -to -one too, very attuned to each of the people in her life. And when she's looking at you, nothing else exists. Like, you are the focus of attention. But... When she's not, she's not. Like she's, and, and this is the way that it actually works with um, all of the types. You can be like self-pres or anti-self-pres or like sexual or anti-sexual or social or anti-social. It's like you're in or you're out of it. Um, and so like for my mom, we've started, this, this bothers her, but we've started saying that when she's not with us, that sometimes she goes to her phone where she can connect like via Instagram or Facebook with other people's experiences or like texts. So she, but she can't like both text and listen. 
so she can't divide her attention. It's like she's either responding to the people who have reached out to her via her phone, or she is with the people who she is with, but like looking at them. Whereas the self preses in the family are like, oh, we just love like being in the same room and just like existing together. Like we're close by, I call it cluding. You're not including, you're not excluding, you're just like <laughs> in the same space. But one-to-ones have a hard time with that. It's like, where's the juice of the connection? And I'm like, oh, the connection is that we can just all be ourselves together. Just be in our own space <laughs> and like be comfortable, but share the environment. So I think that's a pretty, it's a pretty big distinction between the self-pres and the, and the sexual. Um, yeah, but the social. Social is actually the best at dividing their attention because it's not social like, oh, hey, I'm a social butterfly. It's like social structural. They're aware of the dynamics of the group. And so they're, no matter what type they are, they, it combines with their social structural need to have kind of like a role and to, to fulfill a role in a group. And they, they do that by being really aware of group dynamics. And so a social subtype, this is sort of, this develops from that herd mentality or like the herd instinct where it's like, oh, you're a part of a group and you need to maintain the group to stay safe. And so these types are just super aware of how groups work and how they can play a part in the group or not be in the group if they're kind of in the antisocial element of this instinct. This type, because they're kind of watchful of the group, tends to be a little bit cooler. Whereas you have like the warmth of the self-preservation and the heat of the one-to-one. Social subtypes, they're not, they're not like cold. I mean, some might be, but they're just a little bit cooler. They're sort of, the, they're a little more watchful. They're looking at what's happening in the group, including the types that we normally think of as like, oh, they're the warm heat types. Like a social two, who is usually like, about love and connection and whatever. They are about that, but they're looking at it from like a group perspective. Like what does the group need? Which is a, creates a little bit more distance than it does when you're like, what does this one person need for me right now? Or what does my family need for me? You know, those sorts of questions. So yeah, the social, do you really identify with that? Or now are you like one-to-one, maybe no. I'm sexual. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Defi- See, I feel like at times in my life, I've been both of those things. When I first heard of the social, I, I was like, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm an introvert. I'm not like always trying to be in so, I, I don't feel like I define myself by social expectations. I don't really care about what people think about me. Um, but then when I read the actual like social five, uh, it's a little bit of an odd social type, right? It's kind of the the weird one of the of the social, um, because the the social five. I will get into the specific types, but it would say like, um, I don't care what most people think about me, but the people that I think are the like the elite of whatever I that I want to be in or that that's how I the the we that I that I do find value in that I do care about what they think I've definitely had uh, that present in my life but where I feel today I mean I, I don't know between the sexual and the social that's an interesting 
now that that sexual's been a little bit re uh, defined with them, not just being a one-on-one person all the time. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't feel like I just want to be in like one-on-one relationships all the time. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we will talk about this more, but I think like for the five isolation happens no matter which subtype you are, right? That capacity to like go in and find like a safe alone space that can happen with a self-pres five in a like f- very physical way. Like I go to my castle where I have like moat Mm-hmm. But also, you could do that in a one-on-one relationship. That could be the primary, the place where you feel safe. safe. Yeah. Um, and you can still like isolate using that or in that space. And then you can also do that in a social group by a role. Like a role can help you isolate. Mm-hmm. And usually for fives, it's kind of like a professorial kind of creating symbols and totems for the community and there's still like an isolation that can happen there by like by giving yourself this kind of role then you don't have to show up with your energy in all these other ways you just only have to be what you've decided that you are in this community and so there's still the five it's i think it's just navigating like where do these five tendencies get worked out Um, and that's what it is for each of these instinctual areas it's like and it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to kind of like smash them up against each other and like see, oh, wow. Like just intellectually, it's kind of a fun thing to see how different they all are. But yeah. then like as a four, as I look at the three different subtypes, there is one that I am just so clearly not. Mm-hmm. And really two that I'm pretty clearly not. And then that self-preservation four was like, wow, now, now I see, and now it helped. The, the, and the reason it's so helpful is that then you know where to look in your life. Whereas, like, often when we get Enneagram theory, we're just like, oh, I must be doing these, I must be narcotizing everywhere. And it's like, well, actually, probably, Mike, you're not. Like, you're, there's probably places that you go to very specifically to narc out, to not have to deal with whatever you need to do, right? So for you, that's self-press. And it's the things that go along with that. And it makes it easier to then deal with the type, the issues that come up in type. Because you have a little bit, it's like, it's, well, it's like a map. <laughs> it's like a more complex map. You see the terrain a little bit more clearly. And you see the parts of the terrain that you don't go to as often. Or when you go there, you're not going there for the same reasons that you go to other parts. Um, yeah, that's why I love the subtypes. All right, so quickly, we got a little few, few minutes left. Just turn to the persons beside you, people beside you. Just chat about this introduction to the kind of intuitions, the subtypes. Chat for a bit, and then we'll uh, be done with today. Ready to go. Introduction to the subtypes. Anybody, just a couple comments before we leave this morning.
in the middle of a conversation or something and she stops talking and I'll like turn away and like get on my phone and like see what my friends have texted me during that conversation. Yeah. And she like gets frustrated, but I definitely think it's like the attention like of the people that have given me attention. Like I wanna give back like what they're giving me yeah. because that's not something like that just makes sense in my mind. Like don't take that for granted, like give those people attention that are giving you attention and like all that kind of stuff. Good. Um, I'm definitely primarily a self-preservation subtype. Um, and I guess the best example I thought of this was recently I took like a five-hour train ride from like nowhere Germany to Berlin. And I would go through every single cabin to find where there are the least amount of people and where there's a table so I can just like spread out and be comfortable. And I like can't fall asleep unless I find the exact right angle that my neck needs to be, like on the pillow, and um, like I'll do anything to be comfortable. Um, and I want everybody around me to be comfortable. Like I was telling her, I was like, if you're cold, like I will literally do anything to get you a jacket, a blanket, like because I feel cold when other people are like not <coughs> warm. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's all about. We'll explore more on the different ones. We'll we'll kind of spin with this with the subtitles. We'll spin it next week. Uh, we'll be on Seth Prez, and then we'll do social, and then we'll do uh, sexual one on one. So we'll spend a little more time in getting into what this looks like for the uh, nine different types. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. There's donuts in the other room. Ready, break.